Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode on the Pedge Pod. Um, thank you for tuning in for another Summer in Hawaii series episode. So if you're new here, my name is Pauline and I'm joined with Eugene and John. And this week we're bringing you part two, um, as you can tell from the title, um, part two with our chat with Taylor Jackson and Sam Hurd about AI and the future of wedding photography. If you haven't checked out the first part, please go take a listen um, or watch on YouTube and Spotify. As we already mentioned um, before, we are really grateful to have them both um, for this episode. We it was very much anticipated. I know I was like giddy about it because you know I've been watching them and following them for so long. So it was definitely like a surreal moment to be able to sit down with them and chat with them. Um, so yeah, we're very very grateful, and not you know not ma- many people get an opportunity like this. So we're just really appreciative of their valuable time. And yeah, Eugene, you want to go ahead and share with our listeners where you can find them and stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, um, uh, but, but before I get before we do that, I mean, I think I don't know if it's just because we were the one who kind of like interviewed them, but I feel like I feel like we were able to get a lot of the sort of um, insights that we haven't really heard from anywhere else. Like, I mean, I've heard them talk like in so many different so many different platforms and stuff. But um, and I don't know. It's just for the, for that. I think it's just. Um, it was such a good ep- episode. I think it's it, it it really was like a very surreal kind of vibe, and um, yeah, it was very exciting. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, everyone who's listening to um, you guys will enjoy as as much as as much as we did. Uh, but yeah, so if you are um, if you're sort of like new to Taylor Jackson and Sam Hurd stuff, and if well, at least if you don't follow them on any of the paid stuff. Um, not that not that they've asked us to say any, any of these but um like we we feel that th- those are really good value in terms of in terms of what you can learn and what you can do with it um i mean it will take you regardless of what stage of of your career um i think there are things that you can learn from um so if you want to follow um taylor jackson stuff um obviously taylor jackson youtube but also um taylorjacksoncourses.com i think it's that's what it is um, and then on um, and Sam Hurd stuff, um, follow him on um, Patreon. Um, he has two versions, I think. Um, um, I think the cheaper one is like ten or fifteen bucks, and then the more expensive one is forty nine bucks. Um, but yeah, um, both uh, I think they're really good investment. So go and check them out. But yeah, I guess we'll get okay. straight onto the uh, podcast. <laughs> I mean, the actual episode. <laughs> Yeah, so please enjoy part two of our AI in the Future of Wedding Photography discussion with Taylor Jackson and Sam Hurd. Okay, I guess uh, changing a little bit of topic from all the outsourcing and stuff. But um, So yeah, obviously we're attending the NAC, not a conference in Maui right now. Um, but yesterday, like Lindsay sort of like joked about like how, you know, she's going to AI blog like hundred posts a week, um, but you know like when something like that is available, you know I think it will be very possible for people to actually do that, right? And do you think that that aspect of 
the business and that aspect of the the non-photography side of the the business the running the business would shape the photography aspects of it in in a bigger way or in a different way at all i know that's a very broad question yeah. <laughs> shaped um what part of the photography so like, like people will spend more like you know like for, for example like i've been in the business for about five years now and i think for this first five years i think probably the first three years or four years that i've focused only on improving my photography skills like what's a good lighting like like experiment with different lighting and shooting different you know different conditions and all that um and um i feel like i've gotten a little bit better at it but at the same time i haven't spent that much time on marketing and business side of it running the business side of things so now with more of the business well both photo and business side are improved in both with ai do you think there will be more people just not give too much attention to the photography side of things but focus way too much time on the business side of things um and so on <laughs> i i would say that like i think even for myself there was always like a balance that I would kind of go through seasons where I would listen to a thousand audiobooks in a year, and then I wouldn't listen to a single audiobook the next year. And I think that in terms of just my mental balance, that seemed to work for me. Um, I don't know if it'll change that much. Like, you obviously do need to have the skills. Um, the tools have become a little bit easier for getting your work out there. Um, but then that's also going to just kind of raise the bar for everyone else that SEO now all of a sudden, like, a year from now, there's going to be so much great SEO content out there that you're going to have to do better than that. So I think the bar is always going to be moving. So I think that it will continue that you'll have to keep learning business and keep learning all the things business related. Um, but you do still need that kind of core skill, I think, as a photographer. So I think it's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my goal is always that my photos sell themselves as far as marketing goes. So if my photos aren't interesting enough or unique enough, I would assume my business would reflect that eventually. It's really tricky to measure stuff in this industry because where else, what else exists in the world where people hire you for a ton of money for one day that's a year plus in the future, usually, you know, have you ever tried to hire like an independent contractor for your house? to try and get them to like actually show up at all, much less in a few weeks at the day and time that they said they were going to is impossible. It's an incredibly rare thing, probably because the demand is so high. They know they can do that. They can push a pull, but you're essentially hiring an independent contractor for your wedding day. And these photographers, you know, you're as a photographer committing a year from now that a, I'm still going to have both my legs and be healthy and be able to show up and B not going to double book you and C put pause on my life for, you know, whatever that weekend, something else pops up, a trip with friends. They plan things maybe a month out. Like I'm giving up so much of my time. I mean, the core point was if your work is start, starts to suffer or you never evolve past a certain era of photography, be it stylistically or maybe even like look wise, you are likely to have huge retractions in your business eventually that by the time you realize it, because these things are so hard to measure, it's like too late. And now you have to do twice the amount of work to start building that momentum back up again. So I think 
business is almost as equal in terms of marketing and all that stuff as the actual craft of photography. It, like, but the craft should take the priority. If you want to be like a bespoke photographer that makes their own photos and goes out and shoots, a lot of people evolve into like, I just want to manage other people that I've taught and do a really good job shooting in the way that I shoot. And, you know, I can shoot when I want to, but it's not like a thing. It's more of a studio. That's another direction people take all the time. But I think then you're going to start trending a little cheaper and going more for volume. I wanted to talk to you about like the, the future or what's your prediction um, of wedding photography in line with, you know, technology coming out like mid-journey AI, um, things that are kind of like threatening um, the wedding industry. Um, what are your, your predictions and thoughts about that? You have some nice ones. <laughs> they, 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 they don't want to. They don't want to scare the industry. <laughs> I think, as far as weddings go, uh, we have a huge advantage in that there's a societal appreciation and legacy of what weddings are and what you do at weddings. I mean, look how long it took for certain traditions to fade out. It's like, and some of them I still don't understand. Like, why are they? sharing the cake again and doing the they're just doing this because that's just what you do at a wedding garter toss is almost gone garter toss is almost gone it has faded out <laughs> and i didn't realize until a couple years in shooting like there's this is weird there's like some strange i don't even i don't want to get into it but like look how long it took for that to evolve away from the tradition of what you do in a wedding so, uh, even if tomorrow the technology existed for Anybody to send just a crappy selfie of themselves to an AI that could create them at their wedding venue in the perfect wedding dress and suit or whatever, and uh, and it was an, the perfect photo, computer generated. I still think it would take a long time before people actually wanted that compared to going through the tradition of hiring a photographer, maybe a videographer, getting the photos back knowing that they're real moments for one uh and yeah so we have a huge advantage yeah. photographers that specialize in portraits and like fantasy stuff that's already heavily composited and photoshopped that is where i think i'm most worried first yeah. i would say even like headshots like we saw that app that everybody just uploaded their photo and you get like 50 headshots of you <laughs> but i saw like so many photographers using those like a bunch of youtubers as well like people that are in the imaging space using those as their display photos. So I think there is a demand for yeah. this weird ideal version of yourself. Um, I don't know if that will bleed into the wedding space or if it does, it'll be a quick pop, kind of like how that app just like took off and then was yeah. crazy for like two weeks and then just completely went away. Um, maybe it's like that. Maybe something like that lasts a season and it gets back. Um, I think long-term, I think that we're maybe some of the more safe people in the photography space. Um, I would say in terms of video, um, doing like a lot of hybrid photo video coverage, um, I think that video is a good way to kind of just like, at least kind of hedge your bets temporarily. Um, that's a change that I've been seeing in my business is that I'll be hired for photography first. So I'm always like the photographer first and I'll do a highlight video also. Um, but I'm noticing that flipping a lot over the past year especially with my high-end clients that all they want is a highlight video and then they want family photos. So I'm there as like a video creator, which is super weird and they don't want any getting ready photos. They don't really care about that. 
Um, they want family photos, a few of them, and a few during the ceremony. Hmm. And other than that, I'm there to do video. And it's not something I've marketed. It's been something that independently, um, I think seven or eight couples now have asked me to do in the past, uh, since June of last year. So I don't know if that's like a prediction or something that's happening in the industry, but it's something that I've just noticed being this weird photo video creator. When you get an inquiry like that, do you try to tell them like, because obviously they probably they're getting married for the first time mm -hmm. and they don't really have experience, <laughs> you know, like what the wedding day is like. Do you try to give them like a recommendation in terms of like what's better and like, like maybe doing a little bit more photo coverage or something like that? I don't know. Like from, from what I create and from what I see when I get to see my clients' reactions, um, which is like rare now, you see the same day edits with videos um, often. But by watching that, the reaction to the video, um, I don't know if it skewed me, but I think that there is a lot of value in that. Long term, I think there's a lot of value in photography. Um, short term, I find that there's maybe a little bit more value in video that they can show this thing to all of their friends and it's two and a half, three minutes and they can just sit there and, and watch through it and feel like it's part of the day. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sam, have you ever thought about doing video? <laughs> I do enough video for educational videos like on Patreon and stuff and it's uh I freaking I hate it. I don't even watch YouTube. But people I don't have TikTok. I don't like video apparently. I do like making like cool little reels cuz they're like little educational snippets, but outside of that, uh and I use InShot on my phone, I do the editing for that. Um I do use I use DaVinci Resolve for editing for like the higher quality stuff but I didn't even really start to barely kind of enjoy editing video until I could shoot in raw uh with my Canon R3 because now I have a very familiar workflow. Video right now it's like you're editing super low contrast jpegs or something. I mean it's not literally <laughs> that but it's like really annoying. I hate it. Um so no. Future YouTube challenge is that Sam gets to come and do video. <laughs> Sure. at a wedding the problem is i do not like editing together uh the narrative of the day i don't even really like that with my photos album design will take me forever like it just won't get done or until i absolutely have to i hate it that's why i like pick time so much they have clients can design their own albums yeah. with their yeah and that's what I tell them to do. And I upcharge if they want me to do it. So it lowers the price of the, the album cost, but I don't have to do any work at all. And if they do want me to add uh, together the story, it costs enough that they never ask. So um, that's just a me thing. I, I'm way more about the, the trophy moments from throughout the day, whether that be a cool creative photo I made or a super emotional expression or moment with the couple. But I hate putting together, forcing a narrative out of things. I just like things to be nice and chronological. Doing that with video seems like it would be really tricky. Although I am shocked how many videographers and clients are fine with just getting the raw footage. I'm surprised yeah. that's a thing. No one ever does anything with that. I know. <laughs> so that is just like a, oh, okay, that'll yeah. be useful. Like save, just, save a thousand bucks, not yeah. going to get the edit, and they will never watch it. Like it's... Yeah. It's so intense and it's, I, I feel like the, a video person, when you're there making the video, you know kind of what you're shooting for. And when you just go and you just take a bunch of footage, you're going to give them like, if it's an eight hour wedding day, you're going to give them like nine hours of footage because you ran like multi-cam on the ceremony and they're going to be like, this is overwhelming. Yeah. Same with like, if you ever gave anyone like all the raw files for a wedding, yeah, they'd be like, this is overwhelming. I don't know what to do. Like, also, 
they're going to see all your crappy stuff too. Like, yeah. why are you just giving raw footage? I think that's the same, same example as like, you know, people buy GoPro, you know, like not photographers, but you know, like the regular people buy GoPro because they're going on a trip. They film all this, yeah. <laughs> they never look, they look. <laughs> that's one of the things I love about actually being a working photographer is when I travel, I actually do look at and edit my photos. The average person really doesn't, like you said, they'll get even really, really nice cameras and invest a lot and, you know, about like a photo while they're still excited about it and then stuff sits on the back burner there's two things though just to elaborate that i worry about or one thing that i worry about but one answer that may not make it an actual issue one is that video video is getting so good that you can just pluck a still frame and the Canon R3 is a good example of this. It's stupid the way the workflow is, but you can open Canon's proprietary software that comes with the R3, open, load your raw footage, and pull a still frame and convert it to a CR3 raw file and edit it. So you could have you know a bunch of clips from a wedding day, all from videography, and still make a still photo album or gallery out of it. Wouldn't the be dream of like hybrid coverage? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Just need like a platform to sit in between you and that to like go through and like AI calling. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing though that I think we have going for us, I do as a still only photographer, is the collapsing attention spans of everybody on earth with uh, you know, TikTok like songs that are being written now are literally being written just for TikTok. They're like 30 seconds long. And that's like what is normal as a song versus records and albums where it was about the entire album 50 years ago or whenever albums existed. So what is more instantly gratifying than just looking at a still photo? There it is right there. So over time I could see people being so attention zapped that they don't even care about a three minute highlight reel because it's like three minutes, geez, <laughs> just show me the photo. Yeah, horizontal. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, who knows what's actually going to unfold, but. Maybe it will come back like um, how film, film photography is coming back. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a still photographer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Can you imagine a day where, and wow, yeah. you're still doing stills? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. When you were talking about songs, we were talking about that. We're going to ask you, when are you going to make your next pizza song? <laughs> oh, the pizza. I. So someone asked uh, one of my friends that's a producer, he was like, I bet I could sell a pizza song. I'm like, I got like 16 more verses of pizza song if you want it. So uh, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> well, we talked a lot about like the future of wedding photography and when you were talking about, you know, evolution and evolving. Um, we were talking about it also when we were brainstorming. Like, where do you guys see yourselves and your business, how it will evolve in the next, you know, few years, five years? I'm going to say, depending on the evolution of AI video editing, um, it's already getting like good, like this podcast. I don't know if you guys use that, but it'll just like select the speaker, give a close up. It knows what a video podcast looks like. It can edit this in seven seconds. Um, yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you a link. I've seen it, but I, I haven't figured out what the, what the program is. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of changes for the video industry. So I think that the video stuff that I do will become easier, which is nice. Um, and it'll allow me more time to focus on um, either doing more important projects and doing stuff of more value um, because the tools are a little bit easier. Um, so we'll see kind of where that goes, I guess, outside of weddings. 
Um, and then with weddings, I don't know. It's like I still find them fun. So I think I'm going to continue with it for, for quite some time until the industry tells me that I'm too old and that <laughs> they don't want me anymore. Yeah. I'll just have to get a cool haircut and then I'm back working. in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a. Uh, have always been drawn to wedding photography even before I realized like oh this is like really fulfilling because I'm actually contributing to a family's legacy and, and even before I realized and appreciated all that I was drawn to it because of the nature of it being super high volume because the way you get better at doing anything is by doing it a lot and doing it in a huge array of dynamic environments that you're physically shooting in um, dynamic times of your life where maybe you're less healthy than you were another year but you're still like having to push through and get things done like it's a lot of work if you want it to be and I, I was always drawn to that because uh the craft of photography i was never particularly like good at but after that first year of shooting weddings in particular it's like oh my god i got really good really fast because i'm shooting thousands of photos and having to learn all these mini tiny micro lessons over and over and over again um so i've always been thinking about like what can I do with the craft of photography that's not weddings? And I feel like I still have no idea, but I'm constantly on the lookout for what that thing is going to be. I'm still waiting. Uh, you know, I don't particularly like photographing models by themselves. I have a lot of friends that are really good at doing that. And I don't know what, but like I'm very well situated and set up to pivot to that when that moment arises, whatever it is. I'm just like constantly sort of scanning the, the vibe for that. I mean, that was a lesson I learned early on, gratefully. You know, I didn't realize it at the time, but growing up, being forced to practice violin. I did that for like 15 years of my life. One hour every day. And it was like the last thing you want to do when you're 7 to 21 years old or whatever. And, uh, but now I realize like that is the only way you get really good. In fact, you should be practicing way more than an hour a day if you want to be like an excellent musician, whatever it is. And uh, then the same thing with photography. Now you can take well, I'm going to stop there. I think I... Yeah. <laughs> but, Tease. But, but, <laughs> I'm going to stop. Shout out to Patreon to conversation. I guess um, I guess probably the leading question to that would be, do you guys enjoy the same stuff? I mean, you sort of answered it already, but do you guys still enjoy the same stuff that you guys enjoyed in the first, I would say, like first five years, for three, five years of weddings that you were shooting versus like like now? Or is it, has that changed a lot in terms of like what you enjoy out of it? I'm less hungover, I feel. Not hungover from alcohol, but just like that I hydrate properly. So I, I don't miss the first bunch of years where I just would go through the entire day kind of not stressed out, but like very high stress environment all day because I was problem solving new situations that I'd never been in. Um, communication and talking to people, especially in my early years, all my couples were like, I was like 19, 20, and they were all like 25, 27, which is like a huge age gap at that age. Um, so I think there were a lot of stress things that really affected me early on, and I feel like I've kind of balanced those. So I feel like I'm in a calmer place when I go to a wedding now, which is nice. Um, I think that's been one of the big changes. Um, that and the tech has become, made my life so much easier. Um, in terms of the fact that I can shoot over 800 ISO, which is very nice. Um, yeah, so I'd say like there's, I don't know, everything's gotten better in general, which is nice. I actually, um, probably around year three was, I noticed 
for the wedding reception, uh, I would be, my emotional state would shift in a negative way. Once it's like open dancing and I start to hear the same freaking songs over and over, I would just, I, I want to leave. I want to get out of here. I'm done. I'm over this. Like I just watching everybody dance the same things. I was like, Oh, this is so fun. And now I love it for them. It's just for me having to hear that song again, whatever it is, usually it's like 60 songs. Uh, it was, it was weighing on me, but I think I was able to like, you know, problem solve my way out of that with, uh, Air, AirPod Pros, yeah, headphones that I can listen to my own music. And it actually made me a better photographer because now I don't have any audio sense of the rhythm of how people are dancing because you can kind of anticipate and lean into certain dance moves when, when you can hear them. But remove that. I am way more dialed in visually now to what's happening. So I can still anticipate things, but even on a higher level because I'm much more visually tuned in, which is what matters in a photo anyway. So it's fine. But that did... If I, honestly, it's this extreme. If I wasn't able to have a matte black painted pair of AirPod Pros or my original Bluetooth set was a Kickstarter campaign from a company called Earin, uh, if those hadn't existed, I don't think I would have made it past year five. Like being honest and truthful with yourself about points of the day that do drain you and lead to potential burnout where you just start to resent what you're doing for work, which sounds silly. Like I'm actually, I feel fortunate to be able to say that because shooting weddings, so many people aspired and that's like their dream job, right? But eventually if you get a certain level of success and consistency with it, it's, um, there are going to be things that pull you back. And so being honest with yourself about that and figuring out how you can navigate it, whatever you can possibly do, um, it's going to serve you really, really well. I mean, there are probably a lot of people that loved the reception their first couple years by year 20 they're like over it right i mean who knows no that's both both what both of you said is like hits me really really well right now just because like i'm in i think i'm in that situation where taylor says like i'm always like problem solving like they're like all the couples are always coming to me like what am i doing what time are we doing this and what time are we doing that and i'm trying to manage all the time and that's why i'm doing that i'm still trying to shoot um everything and and i can relate to you in terms of like dance dance um scenes like i don't enjoy them much well i guess i never really enjoyed like them that John much do it now. yeah so that's why i hired john and, and the second book and because he's like fairly new like he he still loves it like <laughs> he goes crazy <laughs> If you're, if you're an extrovert, I'm very introverted. If you're an extrovert, I could see it always being fun. My friend Nathan is the same way. He, we've been shooting the same amount of time. And when he second shoots with me, I'm like, dude, you're still listening to this song, dancing with people? Yeah, put on your headphones. <laughs> that's why that's why we need to do we need to check like whether whether john is an introvert or an extrovert he said he's an introvert but <laughs> I, I think I'm an intro, um, introvert, but leaning towards introverted side and but what i like with the reception it's like it just brings the yeah. extroverted <laughs> side of me like you know i get to like you know celebrate with everyone so it works great working together with john it's like yeah but like i guess um from from like from like when you were like all stressing out and all that like how did you sort of like solve out of that? Like, how did you kind of move away from that? I think you just solved all the problems that like wedding photography, even though you're in different environments, there's a pretty finite number of things you can troubleshoot in terms of like off camera flash, on camera flash, like just camera settings. And 
at some point you figure out all the stuff that you've screwed up and you can do a pretty good, you'll never do like the hundred percent good wedding or maybe, I don't know if you ever shot the one that you're like, I did everything exactly no, right. Yeah. No, no, no. So I don't think that like anyone really ever hits that, that there's always going to be like a section of the day that you can do better, that you can improve on. Um, so I feel like once, but once you're like in a pretty good spot, that just becomes a game kind of for you that your clients are going to be very, very happy with the work. But you can see that there's like maybe a couple things you could have done better next time. Um, and then just you keep hoping for that like perfect wedding to come together every single weekend where you get the, the perfect sunset and the perfect location and it'll never happen. So I would actually be concerned if on a regular basis I walked away from a wedding feeling like everything. Yeah, because that uh, is a is a recipe, I think, for either you've systemized things too much that uh, it's just a recipe for burnout because you're just going to get bored. I mean, no matter how emotionally deep it is, like eventually you're just going to get bored. And uh, honestly, I've had certain areas where I'm like, I... I've seen every technical and conditional variation that I'm ever going to see at like basically any wedding. So what else can I do to make it interesting for myself? What if I just bring one battery and like really <laughs> limit myself? Serious. Or what if I bring just one flash and one video light and one flash doesn't have a battery, <laughs> right? <laughs> Stuff like that. Like I'm not setting myself up to fail. I'm setting myself up to be so confident that I can problem solve my way out of these things that, uh, you like self-impose that yeah which sounds ridiculous but yeah you kind of have to <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> i've done that it's totally fine have you ever shot with just one camera body without a backup backup camera in your back oh yeah yeah yep well virgin does that <laughs> very rarely well, i'm trying to think have i really I don't, I don't think so, but I have shot with one camera battery, but I had a second body. Yeah. But that really constrained the number of photos I was taking. I remember feeling very nervous that morning when I realized I only brought one camera battery. I was like, oh, okay. This is a hard oh, man. And that is the feeling though, that yeah. you have to recreate for yourself somehow because eventually it'll go away. Um, so I, you know, I shot like one frame per second and was really picky about my moments. I shot just like a film photographer would or, or something like that. I mean, not that limited. Who shoots film at a wedding? But uh, yeah, it really helps. Helped. Anyway, I'm not advocating for people to shoot like one. Like, please don't go out to your next wedding, do that, and be like, Sam Heard told me. Uh, Any questions? I mean, I think in terms of what we uh, had prepared for today, I think that was that was amazing. Um, thanks for well, thank you so much for thank part you. of this. Yeah, and I'll send that editing link. <laughs> Any questions for us? Do you guys normally do this in person? Or no. This is our so, first time. Cool. So in Banff, I only spent two days with them. That's it. And then since now. So oh, wow. it's always been online. Well, so two days and then that was with, with John, you've only like met like the well, last like one hour, right? 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. No, we're just, uh, no, not that's awesome. They all just got along. Well, I can't wait to see it. The, this is quite the rig. Well done. But all right. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Let's go take some more pictures. I know. Now we get to go shoot for two hours. Yeah.